kind of a corollary to what I was talking about earlier uh, in exploring different mind states where we wouldn't normally be mindful is that um, you know mindfulness can feel really different at different times We tend to associate strong mindfulness with a certain way that objects appear to us. There's a lot of clarity in the objects. We may be able to clearly see them arising and passing away. That kind of clarity in the mindfulness, it's a manifestation of one kind of configuration of the mind with concomitant mind states. Um, so mindfulness can be quite present and it not have that same kind of quality of objects being very precise and clear and sharp. So this is a kind of a, a pointer for you because I at least found that for a while, it's like I would be in a particular state of mind. I'd notice the mind maybe in a zoned out kind of space, and it's like, oh, obviously I'm not being mindful. I've got to, I've got to figure out how to be mindful here. And it didn't even occur to me that there would be that possibility of waking up into the cloud. It feels really different to be mindful of a foggy cloud around your mind than it does to have that really clear, precise, uh, sparkly kind of awareness. Um, so there are many, many, many different ways it can feel when the mind is present. So not to make any assumptions about that. Check in. Am I aware? Okay. What's the object? Cloudiness. The mind going into this spaced out resting state. So just a, an encouragement there. Um, any questions this morning? Can you speak a little bit to looking backwards? I know you said in answer to a question yesterday that it's not super advisable to figure out a chain of mental responses over a period of time, but in other work I've done, I've gotten a lot of benefit out of, in a moment of awareness, just looking behind me for just a moment to see what, what was that like before, uh -huh. not necessarily before saying what was this like, but sort of in the same moment of awakening to say, can I catch a little of the flavor of where I just was while mindless as I become mindful? Is that something that enters into this practice? I find that to be helpful. In fact, I suggested that in the guided meditation. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> you know, just the in the moment when you wake up, or maybe it kind of went in, <laughs> in the moment where you wake up, that that moment of awake, that moment of remembering, 
uh, part of the way we can get from, begin to get familiar with what it feels like to be awake and aware in that moment is because in that moment of awakening there's a lingering kind of flavor of what it was like to be lost. So the, it, 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 is, it becomes kind of a contrast for us in that very moment of awakening. It's not, it, you're right, it's not so much looking back what was happening, but it's just kind of in the moment of awakening, there's, there is that um, lingering flavor of what was happening. And that, that can be helpful to, to, to key into. You know, it's kind of like that, um, you know, the moment of waking up into a thought you know, we, we know the thought, and often the thought is vanishing as we wake up into it. So, you know, we know that we've been planning, but now the thought is gone. So that is a kind of form of that, of, you know, noticing what's just been happening. In fact, there are some schools of Abhidhamma, you know, the, the Abhidhamma that says that this moment of mindfulness, all that it can know is what was happening in the preceding moment. <laughs> so, um, you know, that level of... Um, mind moment, just to put this in context, when the Abhidhamma is talking about mind moments, they're really, really short. They say there's something like 17 trillion mind moments in the blink of an eye. <laughs> so it's not like you're going to be able to catch all the mind moments. <laughs> but the feeling of it, you know, the experiential feeling of it, which is actually my sense, my read of how the Buddha talked about things, was what's the experiential feeling of it? The Abhidhamma talks more in a, almost a theoretical way about um, you know these seventeen trillion mind moments and you know what happens you know in the arising of a mind state you know. Uh, but the 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 suttas talk more about what is the experience, and it feels in the experience like we are waking up knowing both what was happening and what is happening. So yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a practice that's very helpful. Why aren't I a dog chasing his tail? What do you mean? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the question. It feels like that's what I'm doing because um, there's no separate mind. It's like um, this is all mental activity. And so it's like part of the mental activity is chasing. Well, part of the mental activity is the knowing. It's the very knowing. Oh. So the dog knows it's chasing its tail. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> to some extent, yeah. I mean, it, but, but it doesn't have to... I mean, it can have the feeling of being like an endless... Um, it feel it can feel a little bit like a chasing kind of thing. It's like, well, what what am I aware of? Oh, I'm I'm knowing. Oh, and and I'm knowing the knowing, and I'm knowing that knowing, and I'm knowing that knowing, and I'm knowing. That. And it feels like it it kind of gets the mind crazy. Does it feel that way? That it's kind of a crazy well, it thing, or crazy? It just feels like this is kind of futile because I'm already the dog. I'm already the tail. You know. Uh -huh. I, well, that's a very zen, like, that's a very zen uh, way to look at it that, yes, you're already... I am more Zen, by the way. I know that. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, go ahead. So sorry. you're already um, aware, you know, that, that part of the recognition is that um, there, there is a natural kind of awareness there. You are already aware. It's all the same, in a way. You know, it's all me. In a way, it's like well, oh, it's all a process. Know, there's no me, but yes, you know, it's all. And I'm thinking now. 
it's very hard to know what mind is. It's like mind is hard to be ob ob objective about in a way because it's like, now look, I can see my finger. It goes, oh, you know, it's like this. Mind, no way. <laughs> and so it's... Um, okay, keep that, hold that lightly, that idea that it's not possible to be objective about the mind. Uh, well, there, it, is, it is very possible to be objective about parts of the mind. Of course, we're looking at them. We, you know, we're looking at it with the mind, we're looking at the mind, but where the hell is it? I mean, it's everywhere. I just... So, yeah, just notice, notice that. I mean, that, that there is no finding. Sometimes Joseph Goldstein says the not finding is the finding. Well, that's like something else you told me the other day. <laughs> I'm going to write it down. <laughs> um... Craig, yeah. Just a, a little note on something I saw yesterday uh, in reference to restlessness. Uh, you said that, um, and I didn't get what you meant, let it, and you might catch it from what I said. You said, let it get really big. Uh, I completely lost you. Do you remember that statement? I do, uh huh. Okay. So you're not sure about what I meant by that? Yeah. or? So with restlessness, there can be a kind of an energetic experience. Um, you know, for me, you know, it, it can feel like the body is like, sometimes I feel like there's jumping beans under the skin or there's strong energy coursing through the body and it feels like you just can't sit still. There can be a way that the mind recognizes, well, this is happening in the body and it kind of like tries to look at the experience in the body. And it's it's... Uh, helpful if you just allow the sense of the awareness to get big, you know, like like you let your broaden, broaden the the sense of awareness. <laughs> allow the mind to to have a sense of being as big as the room, and in a way, what that allows is for the because there is actually no location. Kind of pointing to what Marilyn was saying, you know, there's no location for mind. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a location, so. Um, you know, the, the sensations in the body, we know that it's knee. We kind of project our attention and create the location for knee. That's a process of perception. That's a mental process happening that does that. Um, so there's no actual uh, location dependent on... Yeah, it's creating an object, right. So there's no actual location. So we can use the sense of a broadening of awareness, of an expanding of awareness... And, and sometimes the body sensations then stop feeling like they're quite so contained. A dilution, a dilution. Yes, it, dilute, it, it kind of dilutes it. You know, like, um, I think there's a, a physics experiment, you know, where they have all these particles moving really quickly, and they're, they're in a small box. It's like they're really bouncing around really fast, and it's a lot of energy. They put them in a big box. It's like they tend to, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they tend to have much more space to move so that there's not that kind of chaotic feeling <laughs> so just it's kind of a, it's almost for me initially it's almost just an image let my mind get big like mm -hmm. the room okay. so I have some more announcements I look forward to the day when there are no announcements <laughs> 
Um, so at the meals now, um, it may have started already. I think you may have done it this morning. But we are going to have a little um, ritual where um, the cook for the meal, James at breakfast and Chris at lunch and maybe some, you know, Chris or another person at dinner, whoever set out the meal, um, will um, ring the bell, you know, we'll, we'll stand mindfully, ring the bell, and then bow to whoever's in line. You know, this is kind of the spirit rock um, form for opening the meal and allowing, um, so it's kind of a little ritual we'll have. Um, so if you come in, um, and and that ritual hasn't happened. I mean, if the, you come in and people are already serving themselves, you can probably assume that it's, it's happened. But if you come in and, and you're the first one in there, don't just start serving yourself. Please wait to um, for that ritual. And then also, um, for those of you who have yogi jobs that immediately follow the meal, so if you have a yogi job, you know, the food put away or the pot washing or something that immediately follows the meal, at that meal, uh, if you come a little bit late, you're welcome to go to the front of the line and just bow in so that you have enough time. You don't have to wait behind everybody getting their food. So you have enough time to eat um, and get to your yogi job on time. And today is our last day for 